You're listening to a Wheels on the Ground production. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Quarantine and Chill, the bonus episode part of Disability After Dark, where I sit down with disabled people and talk about our experiences during the coronavirus pandemic, and we talk about how that feels and have our voices heard as disabled people during the pandemic. I thought it was time to bring this kind of episode back because we are in our third calendar year of this pandemic, and disabled people's voices are still not being heard enough. Disabled people's voices are being overshadowed by politicians who are telling us that it's okay if we die. Um, And I just thought it was time to bring this series that I started back in 2020, Quarantine and Chill. I thought it was time to bring it back and to make it part of our rotation of episodes again because we need to be talking about this shit. And no one, I don't feel like enough people are hearing it. So I wanted to use my platform just to talk with you about about the pandemic. And so if you are somebody with a disability who receives care or who, ha- or who is living through this pandemic, I want to hear from you. And I want to have you come on an episode of Quarantine and Chill with me and just talk about the pandemic. I want to hear about your emotional state. I want to hear about how the pandemic makes you feel. I want to hear about what you're scared about. I want to hear all these things because this is stuff that is happening to disabled people every day during this pandemic and no one is hearing it and no one is understanding how important our voices are in this fight. And I just think it's about fucking time to re revisit these conversations around disability in the pandemic through my platforms and that's what I want to use my voice to do. So I urge you to please come on this episodes, these special episodes with me. I'm going to do my best to release them once a week on a special day that is just quarantine and chill day where we can just talk about that for an episode. And I think that's important. You'll still get the Saturday episodes. You'll still get episodes of a bumpin' podcast. All that stuff's going to be here too, but I felt it was within my power to bring back Quarantine and Chill just so that we have a place to talk about the pandemic and disability. So that's what we're going to do today. Let's get comfy, cozy, crippled, and quarantined and get the show started, shall we? For this first one, I thought it was important for me to just sit down with you all and tell you how I am doing throughout this pandemic and how I am feeling during this during this shit show of a pandemic and, and during during all of this, I wanted to tell you how I, as a disabled person, am feeling through all this and just share with you some of the things that have gone on in my life during this pandemic and since since our last full episode, which I think was like was like a, quite a long time ago, it's now 2022. We are in our third year of a pandemic and I currently am... But doing so hot right now as I record this, if I'm honest with you, um, I, I've been lucky enough that over the last 24 plus months of this thing, I, I've i been lucky enough to test negative every single time. So, and I'm also lucky enough to have the privilege to receive 
PCR testing outside of my building once a month. The great people at the Anishwabe Health Mobile Health Truck, which is a First Nations truck in Toronto that comes to my building and goes around community, they come once a month and they give me a PCR test, which I am so, so grateful for. And so I'm, I've been lucky and very privileged to say that every month, over the last 24 months, I'm 24 plus months now, I've tested negative for coronavirus. So I'm very lucky to do that. But lately, with the surge of Omicron coming as it has been, we recently, in the care home where I live, and just to refresh you on, on how I live, I live in an apartment that is subsidized by the government, and I have care... PCAs coming into my my building probably for four four to five hours a day for my basic care needs, and there's about nine to ten people on shift usually every day. Although with the pandemic, we recently got told that one of our one of our attending care workers fell ill with Omicron. Probably about. Um, a week and a half ago, we got the first memo saying somebody fell ill with Omicron. And we knew right away that this would mean problems with staffing. And this would mean things would go awry pretty fast. And then we got a memo from the managers here that we had to go on essential service. And what that means is that you don't get to have a shower. You're lucky if you get to get out of bed. And they, they might be there to provide you meals and basic care when you need them to be, but that's literally all you're going to get. There's going to be no time for any luxurious stuff, none of that. We got a memo saying that we were on essential service as of January 2nd, so right after the new year we got this memo, and as somebody with a disability who is reliant on care, to know we're losing, we're being put on essential service and losing our access to staff that take care of us every day is really, really fucking scary and really, really, really hard to stomach. I'm a really flexible guy with my care. I'm very easy going when it comes to being flexible with what my care needs are to meet the needs of the people taking care of me because I understand that being a staff member is really hard. And I understand that taking care of people is oftentimes a thankless job and it's very important that we value our personal support workers and I love them all to bits but to know as a disabled person that I might have to fight to get out of bed and have to beg to get out of my bed every morning for this period while people were off was really scary and to get a memo from our from our leaders here where I live saying we had to go on essential service was really scary for me I hated it because it means my limited amount of independence. Let me share with you what it means. It wasn't that I would be angry that I had to cut some things out of my care. Nothing like that at all. I was upset that it would mean that I would not be able to do the things I want to do. It would mean that I couldn't work. It would mean that I couldn't podcast. It would mean that I couldn't do lectures. I couldn't do tweets. I couldn't do Instagram. I couldn't have the very basic accessibility that I have to do the things that I need to do to make money, to support myself, to just feel like a person. And knowing that I would go on essential service was really hard. So all of us, 19 of us that live here, 
were put on essential service. I also got angry because essential service meant that I couldn't see anybody. I couldn't do anything. And then, two or three days after that first memo, we got another memo from the management here where I live, letting us know that five staff tested positive for COVID-19, the Omicron variant. I think the Omicron variant, but it could also have just been COVID. Five staff in one day tested positive for Omicron, which was, again, a very staggering number because this meant that five people would be off the floor for five days each, meaning we would have no staff to take care of us and no staff to do to get up, no staff to get to bed, no staff to to help us with meals. And all of that would be taken away. And so what they asked us to do was to have a backup plan. And this is really hard for a lot of us with disabilities to have a backup plan. When you live in care and they, they, they have attendant care attached to your home, it's really hard to get a backup plan because you think, how am I going to get somebody to do my care? How am I going to ask somebody who I don't know to do my care and to take care of me? And also there's a whole sense of like fear of now I have to rely on another stranger who doesn't know what my needs are to take care of me in a really scary situation where they might get sick and I'm asking them to do something really scary. And so I had to tell my my the place where I live that currently I don't have a backup. My parents are, my mom is almost 70, my dad is almost 60. They can take care of me, but it's not the same like when I was younger. And so knowing that I would have to rely on a backup for however long this outbreak lasts is really, really hard. And knowing that the basic things that I need, like basic care and all that stuff, will have to change so drastically while we undergo these coronavirus changes in my place of living and where I live, my apartment, it's just taken such an emotional toll on me the last couple of days. For instance, we were told about four days ago that because there was an, there was what was considered an outbreak, we had to isolate. And when you're in care, what that means is, at least for where I live, what we've been directed to do is that we're not allowed to have a shower for 10 days. This was something that happened to me last year for about 12 days, and we had to go for almost two weeks without a shower, and it was really one of the hardest emotional things that I've had to manage in my whole time with care. I don't ask for much in my in, for what my care needs are. I ask for the basics and then pretty much nothing else, really. But to, to have my shower taken away from me and to have the basics of getting in the shower and just feeling clean for me has been really, really hard. And so I'm on day, as I record this, I'm on day three or four of having no showers. And it, it is taking such an emotional toll on me to not be able to do that and to not be able to have that there. Um, I, and I've asked my parents, like, you know, if we can figure it out, can I go to your house? And they said, of course, but then I'm supposed to isolate, so I don't want to get anybody else sick. So I'm kind of in this weird 
in this weird rock and a hard place where I can't get the care that I need, but I can't also risk infecting my family or someone else. So I kind of just have to deal with it. And so that means that every morning I get to have a bed bath and I get to be bathed that way. But it, it just doesn't feel the same. It feels like, honestly, what it feels like to me right now is that I'm trapped. I'm trapped in my disabled body. There's no care to help me because of this shortage of staff. Again, they'll do the basics if I have to go pee or if I need to use the toilet. Somebody will be there. But it is, literally, we're working on a skeleton crew. And as a disabled person, you always think when you when you receive care like this, you always kind of tell yourself in the back of your mind, this scenario will never happen. There will always be somebody there to take care of you. And when there's not somebody there to take care of you, it is a mind fuck. It is a really scary, scary thing that I can't even really put into words. It's just like, what do I do? What if I need something? Nobody will be here, and I have to hope that I'll be okay. And it just, it doesn't feel okay. It doesn't feel right. It feels like, I don't know when I'm going to receive care again properly. I don't know if another attendant is going to get sick after we lock down, after our 10-day period is up. Will somebody else get sick, and we'll have to go back all over this again? And it just has been, and we're only on day three when I record this, we're not even on in closer range to like a proper day. This is day three as I record this here, um, and it's just been really tough. Also, I can't see anybody. I can't invite anybody into my home. I can't see my sex worker, who I was lucky enough, though, over the last few um few weeks before all this happened, I was lucky enough to have some sexy time, so I finally have relieved myself a little bit of that skin hunger that I was having before. I finally got a hold of him, and we got to have some great sessions and some great sleepover moments together, Um, so that was fantastic and amazing, but I just, my biggest feeling right now as a disabled person going through this pandemic, as we enter 2022 is that I'm scared. I'm really and truly scared of what this means for the care system, what this means for personal care attendants all over the world who take care of individuals every day, who need the support, and who rely on someone else. And it is something that I am facing every single day Not knowing if I get to get in my chair, not knowing if I get to get out of bed, not knowing if I get to move around or be cleaned the way that I want to be. And this is, let me be clear, this is no fault of the staff here. No fault at all. This is the fault of the pandemic just raging on. And this is the fault of people two years ago who didn't listen to us and who didn't listen to disabled voices and who didn't listen to us when we begged you to do what you could, and we begged you to, to not go to that party or not do that thing, this is a result of that. And we are now in a place where disabled people are not able to receive the basic tenants of care because there are no staff to care for them because all the staff are sick. One of the things 
that's been weighing on me as a disabled person right now is the fact that one of our one of the people that lives in my building who has disabilities got COVID. And that's really scary because if the person that if the attendant care worker who unknowingly gave them COVID works with me or works with another client, we're gonna get sick and just spread this thing like wildfire. And I wish that we would talk more about personal care attendants and their role in this fight and how vital they are to making sure that disabled people feel okay, that disabled people feel safe, that disabled people feel whole in their homes. And right now, as I record this, I don't feel safe in my home and it has nothing to do with the staff. It has nothing to do with the management. It's just because COVID is raging and we're losing people. People's ability to work is being compromised because the virus is going through. And then what this means is that disabled people like me are stuck in their homes for longer, unable to do anything, unable to move, unable to go anywhere, unable to, to grab on to those little tiny bits of independence that we crave so much because we can't, because there's no one there to put on our coat. There's no one there to help us go pee. There's no one there to do the basic things. And it just scares me as this pandemic goes on to think, you know, where will I be in a year in terms of care? How will the care system look? We need to talk alongside with the care in hospitals, we also need to have a much larger conversation about care in-home caregivers throughout the pandemic and what this pandemic will do to our ideas of managed care all over the world. And so if you're a caregiver listening and you're going through this in your own place, or if you're a disabled person who receives care in any way, I want to hear from you. This conversation is one we need to be having, and I want to use my platform at Disability After Dark to bring that to light. Because it's really scary to think that as I record this right now, I don't know if tomorrow I'll get out of bed. I don't know if there will be enough staff in the morning to care for me. Hell, I don't even know if tonight I'll be able to get to bed, frankly. And so all of that concerns me so much and I just wanted to to share with you how I feel it scares me it's brought me to to rage and to tears the last few days trying to be okay with not knowing what kind of care I'll receive in the next moment and not being okay with that at all wishing that we could do more but knowing that the staff can't do any more than they're already doing wishing that the pandemic would be talked about in terms of care and in terms of what what having no care system means for the vulnerable. I mean, we always talk about disabled people being vulnerable, but this is one moment where I felt the most vulnerable. And I haven't felt this vulnerable in a while in my care home. I usually am pretty independent and I know how to ask for help, but this is just really hard. For instance, the other day, 
as you all know from listening, I get catheterized to pee, right? So the other day, I was going to order my catheters, just like I usually do, at the beginning of the month, like I usually do, and I was told by the catheter provider that they're on backlog because of the pandemic. And I was running out of catheters, and I had no way to go pee. And so I just thought, well, what the fuck do I do? What if I have to go pee? And what if I can't get catheters in? Is my bladder going to burst because there are no catheters because of the pandemic? What do I do in this situation? Like, it was really scary. And I was lucky enough to, some people on my Instagram helped me raise enough money, like 100 bucks, to buy a box of catheters from a provider that I don't usually buy from. But they had a box of what I needed, and I grabbed it. But to think about all the things that I see as essential, catheters, gauze, lube for medical stuff, uh, urinals, that kind of stuff, all that stuff is on back order because the hospitals need it now because of the pandemic. And it's just really scary. And I think I feel like people who live in care, who live in care homes like I do, are being left out of this conversation. They're being left out of our needs. They're being left out of our discussion of healthcare. And that is something that I want to bring to the fore. So anyone listening, whether you're disabled and you receive care or you're a caregiver trying to weather through this pandemic, I want to hear from you. Please email me directly, disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com and use the heading quarantine and chill episode and I want to talk to you but again quarantine and chills are back they're back let's talk about this shit really really and truly so this is episode 25 of quarantine and chill and I want to hear you on upcoming episodes so please please be in touch with me let's let's really talk about this stuff and thank you for taking the last 22 or so minutes to let me ramble on to you about my needs during the pandemic and about how scared I am that my care might go away, how scared I am that I might have to reconcile the fact that I might not be touched again for two more years. That's something that scares me a lot too and it's something I'm constantly thinking about now that I'm back in lockdown. Um, It's just really, really scary and I want to bring, I want to bring a voice to that fear and I want us to talk about it. So, so thank you for this impromptu episode of quarantine and chill and i hope uh i hope you write in and want to be on the show and you you tell me that you want to be a guest because i'd love to hear from you but let's stay comfy cozy crippled and quarantined and we'll be back for another one very soon thanks friends bye copyright notice Disability After Dark was created, presented, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Wheels on the Ground Productions. Any and all materials, including audio recordings, graphics, and music, cannot be used or distributed without express permission by the owner, Andrew Gerza and Wheels on the Ground Productions. If you would like to use any part of the podcast for your use in a classroom or in any other setting, please consider emailing me at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com. Copyright Notice 2022